The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, as you've heard, we've been talking about the fallout continues from the news Greyhound is ending bus service in Western Canada. Some people are wondering how they're going to get to where they need to go, and others wondering who might step up to fill the void. For sure. In Alberta, Red Arrow Motor Coach services many of our communities. The Director of Sales and Business Development, John Stapovi, joins us now. Hi, John. Thanks for taking the time. Hi, folks. I want to clear something up right off the top. Uh, One of our callers just before the break said, wait a second, Greyhound and uh, Red Red Arrow Arrow are owned by the same people. Is that true? Absolutely not. No, Red Arrow is a proud Canadian, um, Alberta-based company, so no, we are not. There's a third carrier in the province, isn't it? Diversified. Are they associated with you? So Diversified is uh, part of... Pacific Western group of companies, part of our company, but they are not, they do not do um, inter-city services. Um, we also operate in the province um, a service called Onnit in southern Alberta, and that kind of covers commuter services, um, in Okotoks, um, Cochrane, and into Banff for the summer, and then um, we also um, own and operate the e-bus um, service as well, which services um, Edmonton, Red Deer, Calgary, and uh, Fort McMurray as well. So, so these are different divisions operating in different capacities? Correct. All yeah. under our umbrella. We also have um, a business called BC Bus that we operate in uh, northern British Columbia as well as Northern Health Connection. So um, those are all kind of our scheduled intercity service um, options that we operate in, in the West. Cool. All right, let's get right to it. John, were you surprised by the news that Greyhound was getting out of Western Canada? I think I think we were all a little bit surprised to to hear the fact that they're shutting down their operations. Yeah. How difficult is it to run a, a service like that? You're you're firsthand. You you know we've been talking about and they've been talking about uh, running a what was an operating deficit since two thousand and four. Um, what are the challenges? Yeah, I can't speak to to Greyhound's challenges, mm-hmm. but I think. You know, I think transportation in general, I think the the biggest challenge for the industry, whether it's inner city or whether it's municipal transit, is how do we encourage people to get out of their vehicles and to use the services available? And, you know, that's not unique to our province or or to our country. I think that's that's the challenge that faces um, many transportation agencies and companies. Well, you know, and I know you're not uh, privy to Greyhound's uh, finances or financial structure, but you've managed, your company's managed to make a profit. Um, so the difference would be the roots, I would assume. But at the same time, uh, Red Arrow has always made a point of value added, though, right? Your buses are a little more comfortable, come with amenities, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I can speak about our business and our, our focus is on, you know, a, a few things. One, first and foremost, is safety. Um, if you notice, our kind of branding is safely home. That's our number one priority and a number one value. Number two, it's, it's the people and it's, you know, employing great people. And it's also the people in the communities and, and working with the communities and, and serving what the people need. And that in turn offers the opportunity to provide excellent customer service and that's just been our our model across the board since day one 
So is it your plan then, I know it's in the early days, to fill any of the void left by Greyhound, at least in the province of Alberta? Yeah, I mean, we're we're certainly interested to, to have a look. I mean, we've been fortunate that we've been able to grow our own services here. As I mentioned, eBus is a brand that we started um, in about 2011. We expanded into Lethbridge about seven years ago. We expanded into Cold Lake Bonneville about three years ago. And currently we're working with um, the city of Camrose to um, launch service there this fall. So... Um, we're absolutely interested and we're going to explore um, the opportunities as they come up individually. Is there the possibility of doing uh, routes from, say, Edmonton to Vancouver or Edmonton to Regina? Are you looking at that at all? I think the possibilities are there. Again, this you know this information is <laughs> barely 24 hours old. Mm-hmm. So for us, I think we're going to take the approach of, of really analyze the opportunities and, you know, We've already had many requests from all over the province and other provinces, as we've had, you know, over the past almost 40 years that we've been around. So we take those opportunities, you know, to heart and we take a close look at um, all the potential needs. And if there's a a good case, then, you know, it's something we'll we'll look to pursue for sure. So, John, let me ask you this, a bit of a grenade in the outhouse kind of question, but Greyhound has said... Um, that they have, uh, that they had in the past approached both federal and provincial governments for some form of subsidy, perhaps making some of their services an essential service and therefore um, qualifying them to subsidize it in order to provide that essential service. If they were to have been successful in that, would you have seen that as unfair competition and would you have attempted to block that application? You know, for us, we're... You know, we're involved in the school busing business as well. I'm sure you can sell on buses around um, Edmonton. We also um, have about 25 transit contracts across the country. And all those typically are, are you know, bid through a competitive RFP uh, process. So we would certainly support whatever level of government being, whether being, you know, local, provincial, federal, offering a subsidy as long as it's, you know, at a at a competitive bid um, process, we would certainly be interested and and would support that. So you're saying that if Greyhound were to get a subsidy, you'd have no problem with it, provided you were offered the same opportunity. Yeah, I, again, I think I think for us, it's about that competitive bid process. I think that's you know what's what's beneficial to the communities. It um, creates the efficiencies, and you know it's that process is utilized in, in other transportation sectors. So if, if that is the case and is the decision, certainly we'd welcome that. You, you had mentioned uh, Camrose about maybe trying to get into Camrose and talking with the community there. Um, are, you, are you running smaller vehicles on some of these smaller, out of these smaller towns, or are they the big buses? No, it's a great question. Um, so for... For Cold Lake and Bonneville, we tend to run um, a slightly smaller bus, uh, about a 20-passenger. The plan around Camrose is to um, operate a 24-passenger bus that's wheelchair-accessible. Mm. So, you know, I think I think there's lots of areas in, in the province that um, can certainly support transportation service, but maybe not necessarily a full-size yeah. coach, but perhaps... You know, a 20 passenger or maybe it's even you know a, a sprinter style shuttle that maybe holds 10 or 12 people so 
I think there are those opportunities um, to provide a good service. You know, I have to ask, uh, with Greyhound saying that their ridership is down 41%, what's your ridership at? Where On the routes that you're on right now, what kind of percentage uh, are you seeing as to how full the buses are? Yeah, for for us, you know, over the years, we've been fortunate. We've had, um, you know, a pretty steady client base, and we've had the opportunity um, to grow our client base kind of as Alberta grows um, as well. So um, certainly we're always interested in, in attracting new customers. And, and um, you know, for us, a lot of the key is, again, to try and figure out how to get those folks you know, traveling up and down the highways in their vehicles into, um, you know, a red air or bus service somewhere where, you know, they can get a few hours of work done or get a couple hours of studying done um, in route and be, be productive. That's, that's what our key is. That's been our key to growth. And that's uh, what we're going to focus on moving forward. You know, uh, you've, as far as I know, and correct me if I'm mistaken, your pickup and drop off in Calgary and Edmonton, for example, are at hotels. So you don't, you don't pay uh, to be into a bus terminal of any kind. Uh, is that one of your strategies as well to reduce costs? Uh, no, that's, well, that's not totally accurate. Um, so we have our own um, ticket offices, um, as we call it. If, if, um, if you stop by sometime, you'll notice that it's kind of in line with, with an airport um, airline lounge kind of thing. So we have, um, that's where our folks typically pick up. So we have some main ticket office locations um, in, in all the cities that we operate. Um, Fort McMurray, for instance, we have our ticket office location, but we do have a secondary pick-up and drop-off location at a hotel. In Edmonton, we're in downtown um, in our own ticket office space. It just happens to be a retail space attached to uh, the Holiday Inn. Um, Similar to the south end of Edmonton, it's our own um, storefront space with with heating and everything. It just happens to be um, attached to to the Ramada. So um, all the spaces that we do have primarily across our network are um, our own sort of space where people, you know, can keep their luggage for a couple of hours if they're if they want to go grab lunch or be able to relax, you know, connect to Wi Fi, get some work done. So we, we do have comfortable uh, seating for everybody at all our locations. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking, uh you're right, of course. I, I'm thinking about the fifteen years that my children came up from Back Calgary on from Red Calgary. Arrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John o- uh, on alternate weekends. Good question sure. coming in from one of our listeners is um are, do you do any sort of parcel delivery? And if not, is that something that you might consider now as well? No, we don't. And, and we did for for many years. And, you know, for us, again, as I mentioned earlier, our focus is really on the community and on the people. And, and we made a strategic decision about 10, 12 years ago to really focus on passenger service and to provide, you know, as best a quality of customer service to people as we can. We believe we're you know a people company and and that's what our focus is on so at this point um we don't have plans for parcel service it's not to say anything won't change never say never but we're we're absolutely committed to um to uh people and and providing the best possible schedules and, and moving people around well it looks like you have some uh work ahead of you yeah john as far as any uh, new possibilities and uh, options out there we want to thank you for joining us this afternoon very much appreciated yeah thanks very much for having all right me.
Take care now, John. Uh, John Stapovi, the uh, Red Arrow Director of Sales and Business Development, joining us on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Well, there you have it. I guess we should uh, also make mention of the fact, um, Jess Karat, Sidhu? Mm-hmm. Jess Karat? Jess Karat, uh, Sidhu. The driver uh, charged in the Humboldt uh, Broncos bus mm-hmm. crash uh, made his appearance in Saskatchewan court this morning. Uh, he, of course, is facing 16 charges of dangerous driving causing death and 13 charges of dangerous driving causing bodily harm. He's been released on a thousand dollars bail. There's quite a few conditions. Yeah. Uh, he has to stay in his Calgary home, follow a curfew, uh, cannot drive, and he must surrender his uh, passport. He'll be back in court on August 21st. Mm-hmm. I know families, we're all anxious, but no no one more so than the families themselves to, to be able to understand and learn what led to that accident. Yeah. And, it, and it's just, um, it's... Patience and um, at this point, I think um, patience is. Um, I, I don't know how the families are even dealing with yeah. that, but uh, we have we have to, and they have to, and I think they know that they have to make sure that the police have done their job, the crown's done its job, everyone has done its job to make sure that this goes when it goes to court, um, everything is done properly, the eyes are dotted, the t's mm-hmm. are crossed, so there's not uh, a risk of everything falling apart. Yeah, absolutely. In whatever way that that is. And that's looking back. Uh, the province of Alberta apparently looking ahead. The province will launch consultations today on how the province regulates commercial trucking and drive driving testing in Alberta. It will make more details known in just a few moments, in fact. About 3 o'clock, Transport Minister Brian Mason uh, said that he will yeah. announce what those plans are. And, and I'm curious to... And I know for most people it won't matter. This is a story... If not for the Humboldt Mm. accident, nobody would be interested in what... Brian Mason had to say I'm not today. Su- I'm, I'm not sure that that's entirely true because I think we hear about those checks, those stop checks, mm-hmm. the whatever checks that they are, and we hear that so many people, uh, so many vehicles uh, shouldn't have even been on the road, that sort of yep. stuff. And hey, I know that, and, and we have a lot of truck drivers that yes, listen to this show who run their vehicles top notch, yep. all of that. And then there's other people who give them a bad name. And I think it's those people that we want to make sure yes. are doing the job properly. Herein lies the problem though those checks that you're talking about check for mechanical failures but if the guy at the wheel's got a class one he's got a class one so i think what this is it's a three-prong approach mason says also talk about education yes uh, i think we'll learn more about what training should be and will be required to uh, haul various kinds of equipment and again this is just my opinion a perspective from having been in the trucking industry that the bigger trucking companies um police themselves in terms of who they put behind the wheel and they you know whatever their requirements are the big companies like the arnold brothers and the mm-hmm, transacts mm-hmm. and you know the moving companies like tippet richardson these guys um clean abstracts a certain amount of driving experience whatever but there there is the problem of those drivers well how do you get the experience then if these big companies will only hire really experienced mm-hmm. clean abstract drivers so Small companies like this one, which was a two-truck company, that's where guys do get their start. 
but it can be dangerous. But shouldn't right? there be regulations on how big of a vehicle you should be allowed to drive? How and many the hours you get all the way up to the next one to the next one? Like before almost like you go a certain distance. Yeah, absolutely. But what are those? Yeah. Well, what are those requirements? We'll have those details coming up. As we mentioned, uh, Brian Mason, the transportation minister, going to be uh, announcing that at a 3 p.m. news conference. And just one more note on the um, on the Humboldt Broncos bus crash uh, today. We did learn that um, the parents of Adam uh, Harold, along with his estate, have now planning. Uh, they have filed papers to sue the truck driver. The bus company. Well, you knew that was going to come. And the bus come. manufacturer. You knew that was going to come. Yeah. We talked about that last week yeah. that I thought, and some of our listeners asked about it, I, I thought that perhaps you would wait for a guilty verdict yeah. and then uh, launch the civil lawsuit, but... The claim, the claim says the bus was not manufactured to sustain the impact of the collision, citing that the roof broke off during the crash, which resulted in occupants of the bus being ejected. Hmm. Also asks a judge to declare the intersection of the crash unsafe in its current form. They're also calling for more stringent training for truck drivers, more safety equipment installed in coach buses, and better compensation for traffic collision victims. No word yet on exactly how much the lawsuit will be for. Well, another interesting story to follow. It's 2.54. Just after the 3 o'clock news, we're going to talk with Christian Stenner. He is the provincial coordinator of the Alberta BC Cave Rescue Service. Didn't even know there was such a thing, um, but it's good to know that they're there. Um, certainly, we're going to, we're talking to him on the heels of the news today that the 12 boys and the soccer coach in Thailand have been rescued from a flooded cave. 18-day ordeal has riveted Thailand, has riveted the world. We'll talk with Mr. Stenner about his thoughts on the rescue and what his organization does right after the 3 o'clock news with Eileen Bell. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.